You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be fed from your heavenly hand. For truly we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Bless us, O Lord, as we reflect together now on the words you have given us as a rich feast this morning. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, something to know about me, of course, uh, most of you know my, a little bit of my religious history by this point, but although I was an atheist at 18, it does not mean I was not religious. I was an evangelical follower and firm evangelist of the religion of Led Zeppelin. Like, my, uh, like Deacon Michael's wife, who also liked the band. For my 18th birthday, all of my friends got together, figured out which albums I didn't have, and got them for me. So I had my collection complete by the end of the day. I got to college and uh, switched from being an English major to a music major because of the politics of the English department. And uh, I got into an enthusiastic conversation with one of the professors uh, about Led Zeppelin and what they had done with the blues uh, genre. And I was, I was waxing eloquent about it. And uh, I, I think I shared, somebody at one point said the reason why they, they recruited uh, Robert Plant as the lead singer is because someone said he sounded like he had gargled with razor blades and they thought that was a good thing I, I shared this with this music professor and he says oh I hate the blues the same three chords over and over again and why would you want to listen to a voice like that and I thought oh I have failed here to make a convert <laughs> and I think that's the way many of us approach Christian witnessing we imagine it all going sideways. We imagine that we will have just the wrong words. Whatever we say will maybe turn somebody off to God or turn them off permanently to Christianity. We're afraid we'll offend. We don't know what to say or to do. And um, yes, last week we heard Jesus calling us to be fishers of men. And this week St. Paul gives us kind of a, a plan of action for that reflecting on his own experience. And here's the good news. You don't come to other people with the news of Christ as somebody from up high stepping down to their level to explain the things of God to them. In fact, that's a ridiculously poor way to give witness to our faith. The phrase holier than thou occurs because Christians are spiritually immature in the way they share our, we share our faith. And I'm no different. I've said things out of turn and 
thought to myself, why did I say that in that tone of voice when speaking particularly to family members? What St. Paul exhorts us to do is to share shoulder to shoulder, face to face, as one person in the same situation as the other person. He talks about becoming as one under the law to those who are under the law. We want to become like a person in their situation in every way but sin. This is not an encouragement to sin along with them so we get a chance to talk about Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to share with them that we're not sharing from our superior sense of who God is and even especially who we are in God. Rather, we are, as Luther said, one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. When we sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, this is our attempt to introduce one friend to another friend. And we must be walking with that friend, talking with that friend, aligned with that friend's purposes, spending time with him so we know almost at an intuitive level where he's pushing and pulling us so we can hear his voice before we do this. And that too is good news. That too is good news. Where do you think St. Paul got the idea of being just like the people he needs to witness to. Except from our Lord himself. In the person of Jesus Christ, Yahweh took on our flesh. Took on, as we just said in our Christmas prayers, our nature and our lot. Our estate. Our way of being. Yahweh had been thundering from the heavens for a long time. He'd been speaking through prophets Now, he takes a place with his people, among his people. And he speaks to them. He teaches them. And most importantly, he heals them. And that is why we share our faith. We share as one person who has received healing to someone else who we can see needs it. If you lead a conversation with Jesus about, let me tell you about the sins Jesus has had to forgive me for, will they think you're holier than thou? (laughs) Or will they perhaps recognize that you mean what you say, that he is indeed the healer of our every ill, the great physician whose touch cures our souls, And the good news of whom is this very spread of his presence. And we don't have to do this perfectly. We don't have to do this perfectly. Before I share my final story, I will share with you that that same professor who gave me the snotty answer, um, and he was right too because I was 18 years old and thought I knew everything. Um, Later on, I wrote a paper for his class where I got into the orchestrations of Led Zeppelin's most famous song, Stairway to Heaven, went through the production and how he had layered guitars and did all this stuff. Basically, I started speaking that professor's language. I talked about orchestration and laid out parts on sheet music for him to see, and I got an A on that paper. But that's not the story I want to share with you. 
the story I want to share with you is a little closer to the vest, a little closer to my, my own experience. I'm going to take you back to when I had met my now wife, but we were not yet uh, married. What I discovered in getting to know Lisa as, as undergraduates was that her family were avid Penn State football fans. They had season tickets, and this was the second generation of the same. Now, here's what you need to understand about me. My background was marching band. Now, I don't, know, I don't know what your high school experience was like, but there was a slight rivalry between the band players and the football players at our school. They referred to us as band fags, and we said things about them that were equally not nice. <laughs> and... Uh, that was amplified for me because I was also a soccer player. And there was rivalry between the soccer players and the football players. So by the time I had gotten to be a sophomore in high school, I hated football in all of its forms, refused to learn anything about the game. I sat there obstinately noodling on my clarinet or my mellophone during marching band at the football games and just refused to look up. Then I meet this really cute girl. And I really want to win her over. And I discover that she's going regularly to Penn State football games. Now, I understand, by this point, I've been two years at Penn State, and any time I'm hearing cheering at the stadium, I'm on the, I'm on the other end of town. I thought I'd better learn something about this game. So I started, I picked up the Idiot's Guide. Remember these books, The Idiot's Guide to Whatever? I picked up The Idiot's Guide to Football, learned some basics, called my brother, said, okay, explain this to me. And when I thought I was well prepared, I said, maybe, maybe I could go with your family sometime if your brother can't make it to the game. So uh, they, they gave over one of the family tickets, and I went into the game. Now, here's, here's the fun part. I discovered that this was a legacy move because 30-some years before, when her father had started dating Lisa's mother, he equally had no knowledge at all about Penn State football in general, but he found out that Lisa's, Lisa's grandfather, who was a professor at Penn State, had a, had a season tickets. So he went and bought a newspaper, memorized all the stats, so he could go talk to his future father-in-law about them. So we got into the game, and, and you know what I can appreciate about any sport is the pure athleticism of it. I know nothing about hockey, for instance, but I can appreciate what these guys can do on skates. Um, and this amazing play happened over towards the, the, the sideline on the one side. The, the guy, like, he, he broke one tackle, then he spun out of another move. Guy went for his ankles, he got out of it, he got, he got another five yards before he got pushed out. Of and of course the whole crowd went, and I joined in. Have you ever been in a really noisy room and right after there's a big noise, there's like a, a nanosecond of silence? Right in the middle of that nanosecond of silence, I shouted out, He's so tenacious! And Lisa's family lost it, as did most of the people around us. And I looked over, she says, You don't use words like tenacious in a football game! <laughs> I did it radically imperfectly. <laughs> but somehow, I still won her as my wife. When we share Christ, it's not the perfection of our delivery 
and not the perfection of our character that wins people over. It's the message of who God and Jesus Christ is. He is that for us, even when we fail in our witness. And He is that for the people we wish to share Him with. That is the good news that drove Jesus to spread the message everywhere He went and His church to have done the same for the last 2,000 years. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the justification we receive by grace for faith that just as if we had not sinned. And we thank you for the opportunity to share you with those we see around us who are suffering greatly, suffering the oppression of dark spirits or false ideologies, who torture and twist their lives and the lives of those around them. We thank you for the opportunity to show a better way, not because we've become perfected in walking it, but because you who have laid out the path are the way and the truth and the life. And in you we can trust as you work in us and through us. Bless us, Lord, to glorify your name. We ask it through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light.